Is an undiscovered bird technically a UFO? Is there a number so big that just thinking about it will make your head explode? Answers to these questions and more on this episode of This Paranormal Life! Yo! And welcome back to This Paranormal Life. This is the weekly comedy podcast wherein every Tuesday we investigate a different paranormal tale or claim and get to the bottom of whether it's truly paranormal or not. As always, you are joined by myself, Mr. Kit Greer-Mulvena, professional paranormal investigator extraordinaire. And across from me sits Mr. Roy Powers. How are you doing today, Roy? Humbled to be here. Very humbled to be here. Namaste, brother. Uh, it's exciting. I've had, well, we've had quite of a weird start to the day so far. Uh, I, I, I missed my alarm. I slept in accidentally till about 1130. Which uh, was rude because this was supposed to start bang on the dot at nine. Yeah, I, so I missed that. Um, we, we had a call with a CEO of a company, which I was almost late to. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, we went and got uh, enormous cold brew iced coffee, which put us on edge. So now we've had to have a little whiskey to take the edge off. You need the diners to offset the uppers, brother. So I'm kind of all over the place. I'm sleepy. I'm awake. I'm drunk. I'm sober. A little bit here and a little bit there. So it's going to be an exciting podcast. And I'm ready to take on the industry. That's what you have to do to investigate the paranormal. You have to be wild, but you have to be sensible. You have to be serious, but you have to be crazy. doesn't help to be a little crazy. And sure, maybe the scales are skewed towards crazy. Maybe you got to say, you know what? Sensible. All in on wild. Okay, well, now you're contradicting yourself. (laughs) I don't dislike the line of inquisition you're going down here i think this kind of mindset could be helpful for where we're going i guess maybe i'll take crazy and you can take normal and that's, that's just like every week yeah <laughs> that's why this show works folks we got perfectly in balance as all things should be i hope all our listeners are sitting at home perfectly balanced with crazy and chill uh ready to dive into today's investigation maybe a little extra crazy though never hurt anyone it was 21st of August, 1955. The setting? A tumble-down farmhouse in Christian County, Kentucky. Smack bang between the towns of Kelly and Hopkinsville. Okay. The extended family of 50-year-old Glennie Lankford has come over for the evening. There was Lucky, Glennie's oldest son, and his wife, Vera. Their friends, Billy Ray and June Taylor, were there too. Also in attendance was 21-year-old J.C. Sutton and his wife, Aileen and brother-in-law, O.P. Baker. Okay, you're throwing a lot of names at me here. Then there were the three children. Oh, Jesus. Lonnie, 12, (laughs) Charlton, 11, and Mary. Depending on accounts, five or seven. This has to be irrelevant. I don't remember the names, let alone the ages. I'm building up witnesses here, Rory. Okay. (laughs) What's about to follow? I do feel it does set the mood for what's about to take place here, given that in my notes, researcher Amy has drawn a kind of detective's corkboard of strings with all the names, ages, and connections between characters. Wow, this is like a horizontal family tree we're looking at here, folks. Of everyone who was present in the house that night. After dinner, they all start to squeeze around the table to play cards. Billy Ray Taylor had been outside fetching a drink from the well. He suddenly burst in through the front door, looking shaken. (laughs) Y'all ain't gonna believe what I just seen in them woods. There's a round metal thing flying around over the farm with rainbow streaks trailing behind it. Glennie, the matriarch of the house and voice of reason, dismissed this information immediately. Must have been a meteor. Come on, sit down. I'll deal you in. 
But Billy Ray was too frightened to join in the fun. He whispered to his wife, June. You, you believe me, right, darling? Seeing the deadly serious expression on Billy's face, June and the others couldn't help but burst out laughing. None of them were about to so fall. So rude! None of them were about to fall for such an obvious lie. But Billy was adamant about what he'd seen. He grabbed Lucky by the arm and dragged him outside to see for himself. When Billy is too shocked to gamble with his family, that's when I know something's wrong. Because he had a problem. He, he had a serious addiction. And this thing cured the addiction. <laughs> the two men looked out over the farmstead. Lucky started mouthing off immediately. See? Nothing. Billy Ray, you're too much, buddy. But before he could step back inside, something in the sky caught his eye. Wait, what the... There, flying towards the house, was a small glowing object. As it zoomed closer, Lucky couldn't believe what he was seeing. It was a tiny humanoid floating towards him. It looked pale silver with oversized eyes and ears. It had enormously long arms that were raised straight up as if the creature was surrendering. Oh my god! So this thing's skydiving out of the craft? The craft is gone? Either that or this thing was the craft from the beginning. Oh my god. They both screamed and bolted back into the house, slamming the door behind them. So, Lucky, is there really something out there? Or are you and Billy just afraid of losing the cards like last time? <laughs> Barricade the fucking doors! I'm getting my gun! The family around the table jumped out of their skins. Glenny was a no-nonsense Christian woman and wasn't about to stand such foolishness. What in tarnation is going on, Lucky? Uh, Billy Ray's right! There's something out there! Glenny had lived on this spot for decades and had never seen anything out of the ordinary. All she wanted to do was have a quiet evening and get the kids off to bed safe and sound. She refused to be afraid in her own house, but the boys couldn't be persuaded to stand down. Lucky guarded the front door with his shotgun while Billy stationed himself at the back of the house with a rifle pointed towards the screen door. If you need to convince them that it's real, it seems like the way to do that is pretty accessible. Open the front door and show him the floating f***ing man of steel hovering above the tree line. Glenny shuffled over to Billy Ray to try and get the truth out of him. She couldn't have the children being scared. What is this all about, Billy? You trying to scare the girls? You watch and you'll see what it's about. So threatening. Really sounds like he's, he's snapped. He's doing exactly what you said. He's letting Glenny check out the goods for herself. It's true. Glenny's curiosity got the better of her, and she crouched next to Billy looking out over the backyard. After ten minutes or so, she was starting to lose her patience, not to mention circulation in her lower body. Just as she was about to get to her feet, a creature appeared outside. She could barely believe her eyes. She'd never seen a creature like it. Its arms were so long they almost scraped the ground. When it was moving, its legs weren't even bending. They just hung there limply like stilts. Oh god, that's really scary. Glenny was petrified. She shrieked and lost her balance, landing on the floor with a thud. The creature was startled and Billy Ray took a shot at it. Silence fell and Billy pushed open the screen door to take a look at whatever he just gunned on. He hit it? As soon as he crossed the threshold, a clawed hand appeared from the roof and swiped at his hair. What? These things are like predator. They are in the rafters. <laughs> His wife, Aileen, yanked him back inside as Lucky pushed his way through the family. He flew out the door and spun around, aiming his shotgun at the creature on the roof. 
Oh my geez, this is Call of Duty Warzone. What's <laughs> happening here? <laughs> we got tangos at six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve o'clock. Someone's got a heartbeat sensor pointed at the rooftop, doing three sixty no scopes. They need and a UAV men. inbound. I think I've done a case on this podcast before where in 45 minutes, all they found was a footprint in some mud and a shadowy silhouette on a rooftop. We are three minutes in and someone has been sucked up into the rafters by a goblin claw. Yeah, very infrequently does this many shots get fired within the first few minutes of a podcast. He hit the beast and it rolled off the roof, landing on the ground. (laughs) Like a... A bad guy from Die Hard. As the family stepped forward nervously to inspect the body, it leapt up and floated away into the woods, its legs still dangling uselessly. The group was terrified and fled back into the house. Suddenly, another creature appeared, this time at the window. Billy shot it once again, breaking the glass but also hitting the creature square in the chest. Rather than falling, this little silver man backflipped off the windowsill into the air and disappeared into the dark. What? Lucky yelled, Barricade the women and children into the bedroom! There's no time! They didn't need to be told twice. They ran into the room and locked the door. Then, he and Billy went outside to deal with the situation. At this point, I'm imagining pretty much a Neo and Trinity with uh, coats filled with Uzis and 9mm pistols walking out into the room just looking for these bastards i mean what did you say the year was 1955 so i don't think it's mini uzis and katanas <laughs> it's probably a civil war relic blunderbust that once fired once will backfire sending gunpowder into their own oh, eyes Oh yeah gunpowder all over their faces takes a day and a half to reload <laughs> by the time you get off shot number two the little silver men have <laughs> burnt your barn down and killed your family. By the time you're on round two, you're trying to shank the aliens with a potato peeler. They tiptoed out, looking for signs. There, in the tree. Again, the creature floated away. More and more were popping up. Another, by that stump. This is like a circus game here. Like whack-a-mole, they're just popping up, knock them down, win a giant stuffed elephant at the end. You know, if this is what the alien invasion is going to look like, I am now a supporter of the Second Amendment, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we need to bear arms and, and f***ing stockpile them. You're going to need a lot of ammunition. They just keep popping up. Unfortunately, their shots weren't having any effect. Those that hit made a metallic sound and seemed to be ricocheting off the creatures. Mm. The family watching from the bedroom could hear scratching on the roof. It sounded like something was trying to claw its way inside. Good lord. Yet aside from the scratching, these beings didn't make any noise at all. They never opened their mouths or blinked. In fact, they didn't appear to have eyelids at all. They didn't seem to be aggressive in the least. It was more like they had a persistent curiosity. (laughs) Well, this is according to the witnesses. I'm personally not sure about that. One just took a swing at Billy's head with its claws. Yeah. And they're trying to scrape through the roof. I think they're persistently curious about eating human flesh. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) After nearly four hours of trying to keep the invaders at bay, the entire family made a break for it, ran to their cars, piled into two trucks, and raced to the police station in Hopkinsville. The officer that took the report wasn't exactly convinced by their story, but did believe that they were truly afraid. So Rory, just like the policeman in our story, 
think it's about time we take a look at what exactly the family claimed invaded their home that night. Yeah, let's do it. Exhibit number one. This is the little man, drawn by Andrew Ledwith from descriptions from Mrs. Lankford, Mrs. Elmer Sutton, and Mrs. J.C. Sutton. Whoa! All right, folks. I mean, little man is maybe not the right way to describe it. It is humanoid in shape, but its arms reach its feet pretty much, uh, dangling lifelessly. I don't really see any limbs or joints. They look like sticks. The head is really strange. It almost has the ears of a bat Mm. with sort of like an acorn head on top. And it is, it's a pretty big head. I'm not going to lie. I would say it's about a third of its entire body is the head. Uh, This thing is weird. I don't even see aliens really that look like this. I guess if you took off those bat ears, maybe it's kind of alien gray looking. Damn, that's a really good point. If you take off the Mothman ears, you're left with a pretty stereotypical alien gray. Yeah. Pretty interesting observation there. So weird. Now, you can contrast that with exhibit number two. This was described separately by Billy Ray Taylor. So the thing to bear in mind here is that these are two different examples described by different people, but as you might notice, they're incredibly similar. Very similar. I mean, this is just maybe a more detailed version of the original drawing. We got the long arms going down to the feet, maybe a bit more form on like the hands and the body and the ribs, but then same old weird acorn head with the mothman ears. The eyes are almost identical, uh, and a little mouth below the weird pointy nose that they have. This thing is really strange. I'm not really getting across the fact that it is metallic, though. Mm -hmm. I think in my head, I thought it was like a little metal Terminator man. Uh, But this looks like an, an organic creature. Yeah, difficult to know, right? It looks very organic. It looks like very alien-like. And yet they said that the bullets ricocheted off it and they heard a metallic sound. You're telling me if I put the butt of my shotgun in that little thing's mouth and pulled the trigger, it wouldn't explode. That looks like I could step on it and it would die. I think if you put the butt of it in it and pulled the trigger, you would get shot in the face. (laughs) Isn't the butt the other way? Oh, really? (laughs) I think you mean the barrel. I'm confused. (laughs) Because I'm the butt of everyone's jokes and I thought that meant that I was aiming the gun. Shit. The barrel is what I meant, yeah. I'm imagining you as a medieval executioner. It's like, (laughs) and for your crimes, you have been sentenced to die. You put the noose around your own neck. (laughs) (laughs) I've got got a rifle. I'm holding it backwards. The barrel's going into my my own heart. (laughs) Any last words? The guy's like, nobody tell him. Nobody (laughs) tell him. So long, dickhead. (laughs) (laughs) And lastly... Out of these descriptions, you can see... I'll show this to you briefly, because it is almost featureless. Uh, There is a spaceship below. Jesus Christ, what does that look like? A pie? It looks like a pie, folks. We're looking at a... This is an apple pie with somehow less features than an apple pie. (laughs) None of of the holes cut in the top, just a completely flat apple pie. Very true. So these metallic pie people attacked the barn for four straight hours and were impervious to gunfire. Of course they want to invade America, the home of the pie. <laughs> we, we have returned return to, to the, the motherland. motherland. <laughs> now, after writing down the whole report, the officer picked up the phone and dialed Chief Greenwell's home number. Chief, 
I'm sorry to bug you. We're gonna need you to come down here. Uh, a spaceship has landed at Kelly. If this is your idea of a joke, it ain't mine. I'm not joking, Chief. The state police are sending units there. Uh, I'm getting too old for this shit. The chief. It seems like he's saying this has happened many, many <laughs> times before. He doesn't seem that shocked by the situation. Whatever. Chief, you... another UFO is set down. Oh, God. I'm eating my breakfast. <laughs> Does anyone see my neuralizer? <laughs> Imagine being that bored by the paranormal. That is baffling. After 40 years, I'll tell you, being on the force ain't what it used to be. You think it's all busting perps yeah. and bank robbers. It's actually a lot of paperwork about intergalactic felons. It would get boring after a while. Anything gets boring after a while, even aliens. Even probing. The chief got dressed and headed for the Sutton farm. When he arrived, his officers were just about to search the house. The family refused to go inside until they knew everything was safe. Fair. Everyone was tense. Rory, as an officer on the force that day, how are you breaching that house after everything you've heard? Personally, myself, uh, I'm no expert on how to... uh breach units but i would say um flashbang through the door uh simultaneously have two men enter through the top rooftop uh with uh, breach charges set on the sides of the walls uh through comms and radio chatter we uh initiate an attack strike at the exact same precise moment where every room has been entered from every angle at every moment night vision goggles on even if it's daylight because you got to be prepared red dot sight acog scope four grips 420 weed skins and I just come out blasting, sliding down the stairs, spraying bullets in every direction. Skrillex bangerang blaring. <laughs> you yell open fire to the SWAT team. All of them instructed to place the barrel of the gun pointing towards their own chests. <laughs> the only firepower I've brought is guns. The one thing we know don't work against them. Um, so yeah, maybe maybe I'm not the best person to do it. Because it's a paranormal entity, you know? It's a paranormal mission, so maybe you got to get weird with it. I'll, like, I'll piggyback on top of a priest <laughs> through the front door. You use a priest as a human shield? <laughs> I would duct tape priests to my body. Still have Uzis, of course, but um, they couldn't come at me without defeating the holy man. And needless to say, it's a daunting task to be the first one to breach this house after everything that's gone on. Mm -hmm. how, how would you do it? Sorry, I kind of... Probably knock politely. That's smart. Yeah, that actually... That's pretty smart, I suppose. Yeah, because you don't know if they're friendly or if they're, if there's anyone even in there. Maybe there's people in the family left. I mean, they seem pretty serious about getting into the house, so I think they want to stay there. <laughs> It'd be great if, uh, <laughs> if the rest of the family show up to the barn and they're like, before you go in, be careful. Uh, some of our older relatives are still residing in the top. Breach! <laughs> Batarang! <laughs> They've gotten taller and taken human form! <laughs> One of them is imitating an old woman. Beg for your life, alien scum. Please, no. Welcome to Earth. <laughs> Welcome to Earth, Margaret. So you know her. You know her. What are you doing? Those are our friends. You're from another planet too, are you? Elderly scum. You didn't even say alien that time. <laughs> so the police made their search. Then the officers filed out of the house, declaring there was nothing amiss. Oh, man. Just then, one of the police stepped on the tail of a farm cat, which yowled. The chief later said, 
You never saw so many pistols being unholstered so fast in your life. Oh my god. There were men there that day I'd call brave men. Men I've been in dangerous situations with. They felt it too. They told me so. Why would you bring that many, that many trigger-happy <laughs> police officers to a, a site where aliens have invaded? Maybe that's the exact people that you need to bring, to be fair. The search continued, and besides a few shotgun shells, there wasn't much in the way of evidence. The only interesting find was a silver stain on the ground. It was barely visible, but shimmered like a patch of oil. Hmm. A small piece of tinfoil was found near a fence post. Besides that, there was absolutely nothing. Police drove off in their squad cars and left the family alone once again. They were still scared, but nonetheless tried to get some sleep. It was past two o'clock in the morning at this point. Glennie was tossing and turning in bed, unable to shift the image of the little creatures from her mind. As she rolled over and glanced out of the window, her heart leapt. They were back. No! A silver humanoid had its face pressed up against the window. It raised a clawed hand and started scratching on the window. Glennie whispered for help, and Lucky was there in a flash. He blasted the creature, even splintering the window frame with his point-blank shot. It doesn't work, brother! Just like before, the little man seemed impervious to bullets. <laughs> They get off on it! It was They came in waves like a game of Nazi zombies in Call of Duty <laughs> World at War until just a few minutes before sunrise. They obviously love it. They're, <laughs> they're appearing at point-blank range, being like, Oh yeah, I dare you to shoot me. Yeah, put that bullet in my body. They're loving this. In the morning, the police returned to conduct a more thorough investigation. Because... It obviously their search needs to be more thorough. They didn't find anything. The creatures were just like hiding behind. They're hiding under the bed. Yeah. For seconds before the police were like, yeah, there's nothing here. Insane. At least keep one of the police around till you go to bed again. But again, they found nothing. In the light of day, they were able to get a good look at the roof. It had been a while since the last rain. So there was a thick layer of dust up there. And there were no footprints or scratch marks on the roof. The layer of dust was completely undisturbed. Chief Greenwell interviewed the women and children, purposely adding incorrect details to try and trip the witnesses up. And yet, he was corrected each and every time, and their stories remained completely consistent. Hmm. That's kind of weird. I didn't know police did that. It's <laughs> kind of a f***ed up thing to do to someone who's been the victim of an attack. The creatures were eating Pop-Tarts, no? <laughs> Like, imagine if someone stole your backpack with your laptop in it, and you go report it to a, a detective. And they're like, all right, so, yeah, um, so where were they when uh, when they stole your banana? You know, what, are you, what are you talking about? You mean my laptop? Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, so they, they took the laptop, and uh, when was the last time, was, was there anything important in the uh, banana? Why do you keep saying <laughs> banana? Oh, sorry, I'm just making sure we're on the same page here. <laughs> So how long have you had the uh, pineapple? You mean banana? So it was a banana! <gasps> <laughs> Why try and catch them out? Just take the statements. <laughs> take the statements. Be a good police officer. It's the first thing they teach you at police academy. The old banana trick. It's like going to a police officer and, and being like, uh, uh, Hey, um, my, uh, my husband was uh, stabbed. Um, can you find out who the killer was? And the police officer's just like, hmm, interesting. Because when I looked at his dead, dead, cold body, it looked like he'd uh, been beaten to death viciously. So, uh, 
what do you think about that? And you're like, this is so horrible. <laughs> I loved him. <laughs> I Stabbing, loved him. you say, because it looked enough. like he'd been, had his head caved in with a hammer. So, uh, I don't know, what do, you th- what do you think about that? Unprofessional, of course <laughs> unprofessional. You're trying to catch the wrong people. <laughs> Take her away, boys. I think we got this wrapped up. Are you kidding me? I called you. Oh, you want to find a killer? We'll take one and no one, no? (laughs) What? The problem was there was zero physical evidence of these creatures. No spaceship, no debris, no blood, no scorched vegetation, Mm. or marks on the ground. News of the encounter spread like wildfire. Reporters and photographers showed up hoping to catch a glimpse of an alien. Soon enough, the sightseers descended on the farm. More than 2,000 people rocked up. The surge of traffic blocked local highways and the Suttons were inundated. Wow. Were they getting some bunts for this? Were they charging? To deter people, they started charging $1 admission to the property. You know, but that's one old-timey dollar, right? It's worth about 10 today, apparently. Oh, okay, that's not too bad. Not too bad. And the locals were pissed about this. Suddenly, the Suttons were branded as greedy liars and their name was dragged through the mud. They ended up moving away less than a year after the incident, leaving the farm they'd called home for almost 30 years. Wow, that's quite sad. Now, arguably, the most convincing piece of evidence in all of this was the family's obvious fear when they went to the police. A police officer with medical training had taken Billy Ray's pulse and found it was 140 BPM. Whoa. The chief didn't think they were lying, saying, these aren't the kind of people who normally run to the police for help. I will say that is quite high, but I've reached beyond 150 just using my Ring Fit adventure on Nintendo Switch. I've reached higher than that just eating chili heatwave Doritos. Yeah, I think mine was higher when we had that cold brew coffee for lunch today. (laughs) Or when I realized I'd slept in this morning. Glennie had a glowing reputation in the local area, and everyone interviewed maintained that as a Christian woman, she absolutely would not have lied. Two of her sons that weren't there that night defended her, saying, If Mama saw it, it was there. Wow. Chief Greenwell spoke up on her behalf too, saying, She was the most impressive witness. She's the type of person who wouldn't lie if her life depended on it. Which is really good to know. It is one of the strengths of this case that there were so many people in the house that night who seemed to all agree on the facts of what happened. Yeah, yeah. It's a real shame that when the police showed up, they didn't even get a sighting. All they had was that cattail noise um it's got to be hard to be those two sons who were seemingly the only family members that weren't there when the event took place because you're kind of roped into the family as well and if the family's moving farm i guess you're like well shit i guess we're coming too you guys seem pretty convinced you saw something can we actually maybe stay on the farm because we didn't see shit. Uh, we weren't there. We kind of missed the whole context of what happened. Yeah, so I'm not, saying it, I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm sure it did, but... Granted, the bullet holes all over the house are alarming. <laughs> yeah, um, it must be hard for them to be kind of roped into that whole ordeal, that whole, whole event. I mean, would you want to stay at that farm after your family were airship evacuated from the premises? It's completely deserted. It's given up. Would you want to stay there? Bullet holes in the walls? I guess it is kind of interesting. I mean, if your family came out with that story, would you just run with it? Right, right. Yeah, it's got to be hard. Because it's your family, so you trust them, but also it didn't happen to you. It sounds ridiculous. So you'd be kind of torn. 
I guess it's kind of the equivalent of like in those movies where a rich old relative dies and the condition is you can have their house if you stay the night in this haunted ass creepy goosebumps mansion. What a weird condition. Why do they want someone to spend the <laughs> night? Like just give it to them or don't. Uh yeah, so this is kind of their equivalent. It's like, y'all can have the farm if you can spend 24 hours in Spacetown UFO City where you're going to be heckled all night by little gray men doing backflips off the roof. I love the idea of them trying to like move away to a different area and like flip the house on the um, property market without letting on what happened. Right. Uh, what a <laughs> tough gig for that estate agent having to go around and really make up some bullshit story for why there's shotgun blasts <laughs> all over the place. It's yeah. Like, yeah, f a rat got in or a raccoon or something. But hey, the view, the view <laughs> from the second floor, though, is out of this world. <laughs> you could say these prices are alien. Why are a you, weird why thing why to are you making these puns? Weird thing to say. <laughs> you could almost say this place was haunted by little gray spacemen. That one was too specific. Forget I said that. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest and now this thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a life licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here? Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. The whole scene raised more questions than it answered Rory. If the family had truly been engaged in an hours-long gun battle, why were there only a handful of shells on the premises? Investigators noted that there were huge inconsistencies in the size and shape of the holes in the screen door. None of the holes seemed to match the bullets from any of the guns in the house, and one of them was somehow square. Perhaps the most damning missing piece is that nobody outside the family ever saw a single one of those creatures. So needless to say, there are a couple of different theories about what's really going on here. Rory, what do you say we blast through them and you decide what you think is most likely? I love this. Quick fire. Quick fire theories. This is great. This is like power stories all over again. Yeah, I think well, that's what it was called. I don't power. want to draw too many unsavory comparisons <laughs> because like a lot of people weren't so fond of powers 
uh, tails or whatever the f- you called it. You know, it takes, uh, it takes, it's a grower. It grows on you. We didn't really give it a time to grow because we did it once. It bombed and we, I think, deleted it from the episode. Yeah, some ideas need to be put out of their misery. Theory number one, aliens. Let's face it. Well, I thought that was what we were talking about the whole time. Wasn't that the whole thing? They looked a bit like aliens. They could float. They could repel bullets. <laughs> Theory number one. And this is a wild one, folks. Maybe that UFO and the floating little gray men were from another planet. I don't know. That was the whole thing. Well, I'd love to see some of this confidence come back at the conclusion stage. Because okay. somehow I don't think you're going to be okay. so hot on theory number one. All right. When push comes to shove, mother. <laughs> maybe, maybe, just maybe, they weren't human at all. <laughs> okay. Weird structure. Weird structure to the episode. That had been established. That isn't a a rug pull. That's not the rug pull you think it is. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've just joined us, we might be talking about aliens today. I'm not sure. You showed me a picture of an alien gray with cosplay cat ears on. That's all it was. Theory number two. Was it a cat? It was an e-girl. It was an alien gray e-girl with a cat ear headset. There's not many silver animals on Earth, and even fewer in Kentucky. (laughs) Whatever the family saw truly scared the shit out of them. And maybe they're right. It may have been aliens. We know. We know. Theory number two. Okay. (laughs) Hoax. (laughs) (laughs) So, So the two options are... Exactly, exactly what we've said There's more than for 45 minutes. And the other option is it was a joke. No, no one said it was a joke. I said it was it a hoax. <laughs> okay. Okay. The family <laughs> may have concocted this story to cover up uh, some other illegal activity of some kind. Maybe they had a fight or they did some illegal hunting around the property. Right. They could have made the whole thing up to get money or fame. As we know from doing TPL for over four years, uh, people have been pulling stunts like this for a lifetime. It's always uh, it's always a little risky when you're investigating paranormal story and this traumatic, horrible paranormal experience ends with the witnesses selling tickets or books uh, about their experience. <laughs> and then getting chased out of town for being scam artists. Yeah, we've had to move town many, many times doing a similar graft. Theory number Tres. Okay, I can't. I I can't wait to hear this one. Owls. <laughs> All right. Was this the alien present? Jesus that night? Christ! <laughs> uh, kid is showing me an image of. Are are these baby owls? They what is are. The, okay. Uh, these are these are. This is terrifying, folks. Um, they are basically imagine an owl without its feathers, so it's a naked little fluffy body giant black eyes does have the similar strange beak sharp nose um they kind of stand up straight like humanoids yeah and they've got to be a similar size as the creatures that are described in the story hard to know i would have thought they'd be a little smaller but maybe they're not a million miles off i mean picture this you know 2 (laughs) a.m you've been gambling all night you're drunk (laughs) off your ass you look outside and that mother is hovering outside your window (laughs) Because it has talons as well, so scratching, possibly. Exactly, Rory. Young Mm. owls look pretty damn similar to aliens. And on a dark night, you might get them confused. Owls can fly. They have talons. 
like the aliens described. They can bend their head in strange ways. They defend their nests aggressively and will attack anything they perceive as a threat. However, on the other hand, they would die from one bullet, let alone dozens of shotgun rounds. Right. You, you hit that thing with a shotgun blast, it is, it is just a poof of feathers. I don't know many owls that backflip off rain gutters into the night. Theory number four. It wouldn't be this paranormal life if we didn't discuss the possibility of monkeys. <laughs> what? One more bizarre theory is that the family were visited by escaped monkeys covered in silver paint. Apparently the practice... Uh, you're grasping at straws apparently now. Apparently the practice wasn't unheard of from circuses where they would paint them. And it may explain uh, the silver paint found on the ground. What was the purpose of painting the monkeys? <laughs> what, what are you I getting out know, of that? Man. Space monkeys, <laughs> robot monkeys. Uh, I'm trying to put my mind in the mindset of a 1950s carnival owner. Right, right. A hard mindset to nail down. <laughs> it's a pretty chaotic and self-destructive mindset. The thing is, whilst they certainly would have appeared alien to a farm family from Kentucky in the 50s who may not have seen monkeys before... But they can't fly, they don't have claws, and they would have died if they'd been shot. Of course. They and, can't, yeah, they can't float through the sky. All right, I'm not sensing a lot of excitement about the monkey theory. <laughs> Moving on to the final theory. So just to reiterate, so far we have aliens, hoax, baby owls, space monkeys, mm -hmm. and... Mass hysteria? Uh, okay. We have covered it in other episodes. Sometimes people get ideas into their head about what's going on that who's isn't really happening. Who's hysterical in this situation, though? The monkeys or the, <laughs> the witnesses? <laughs> These monkeys went, pardon the pun, ape shit. Sometimes Turned out the spray paint had a lot of toxins in it that bled right through the skin. The monkeys were hallucinating being in a jungle <laughs> and the people were hallucinating the monkeys being aliens. It was a real concoction of an evening. Uh, <laughs> the broad picture is don't eat the corn because <laughs> the corn sent in everyone loopy. The monkeys are f the humans are tripping balls. <laughs> the, the corn is the linchpin of this whole case. I uh, know we have covered stories in this paranormal life, uh, such as, to be honest, I think phantom monkeys in New Delhi, India. That uh, was one. Yeah, that <laughs> where, was genuinely one. Where people seemingly kind of created a hysteria in the community of what was really going on. We had one where people, another great case, where people uh, just started dancing in a town um, and they couldn't stop until some of them just danced themselves to death. Creepy stories. It, it, it's fascinating stuff. Definitely read up about it. Uh, the final theory of what may have explained this whole evening of uh, antics is uh, simply put by our researcher, Amy, drinking. Okay, right, sure. Is it possible that all 11 or so inhabitants of the house were suitably intoxicated by moonshine or some other um, farmhouse beverage? Yeah, I don't want to paint with a broad brush here, but um, based on the location, the year, the fact that they were gambling all night, playing cards, and uh, the names of the individuals, uh, I'm not ruling out the fact that me possibly moonshine could have been involved. And the, the ready access to firearms. <laughs> right, uh, yeah. If the second you see a space monkey, there's a blunderbuss in your hand, <laughs> I'm going to assume that blunderbuss wasn't far out of reach. <laughs> have you ever had moonshine? I haven't. Have you? 
Uh, no, I have. Um, I was offered it the last time I was in Georgia. Someone uh, brewed their own. <laughs> you go to immigration, and the passport <laughs> control officer said, "No worries, bro. I see you're American. Can I interest you in a tipple of moonshine?" Um, but uh, it's a big thing in. It's not called moonshine, but isn't it something? That, it's got an Irish name as well. Pochine. Pochine. Yeah, which is a similar. Is that potato based? Oh yeah. Yeah, I've, I've always wanted to try that as well. I'm pretty sure, though, if it goes wrong, it can make you blind. Yeah, that's the word on the street. So, yeah, you maybe want to get someone you trust to, to, to test it or to brew up a batch. But it's alcohol, right? So I don't know. This may be me talking out of ignorance, but is the idea that it's just really strong alcohol or does it actually have like psychedelic aspects to it? I think it's just a really strong alcohol. I think absinthe is the one that historically was purported to have psychedelic effects, but I think it's all bollocks. I think it's right. just really strong alcohol. Like, I've had that experience before. Maybe it's a different experience if you have a lot of alcohol in a tiny dose, mm -hmm. whereas I've just had 24 Coors Lights in one, in one evening. I'm not saying it's a similar experience. I didn't hallucinate. There's a lot more vomiting with the curves. <laughs> I think I pissed my pants and blacked out. So if I could just do that with one shot of alcohol, I still don't want to do it. I'm not saying I'm a 1950s farmer, but I once drunk 25 Natty Ice in one sitting. Because <laughs> yeah, if it's booze, it's just going to have booze effects. It's like giving someone a shot and be like, take this shot, bro. And within within 20 minutes, you'll be calling your ex-girlfriend. Right. It's like, I don't want, I didn't yeah. want to do that with alcohol. I don't want to be sick. <laughs> I, you know, it seems weird, but maybe there is some sort of beneficial, I don't know, maybe it's cool or trippy or weird or. Oh, I, I completely know. agree. It like, it really frustrates me when people talk about all the kind of supposed effects of different types of alcohol. People, eh, I always try to stay away from the guy at the party who's like, whiskey makes me fight and vodka <laughs> makes me want to bang. Right, and tequila? Yeah. You know, tequila makes me want to race drag cars. Uh, it's like, no, it's all alcohol. <laughs> if you were an asshole when you were drunk, you were just an asshole beforehand. Looking for an excuse to be an Barely contained. Asshole. Yeah. I once, uh, when I was at university, I went to a party. It's actually how I met a really good friend of mine. I went to his uh, wedding this year. But he just went to a party and had a bottle of rum mm -hmm. that was, yeesh, maybe around 60%, if not stronger, mm -hmm. rum. Like, if you lit a match near it, this thing would go up in flames. <laughs> um, and I think that was maybe the strongest percent alcohol thing I've ever had before. That's a lot, yeah. Uh, and I was like, all right, take off the safety belt. Let's go for a ride. It's awful. It's awful. It's poison. It tasted like I ate Satan's asshole. It, it was terrible. I didn't enjoy it. I almost vomited. Um, it didn't make me feel any different. I just got trashed really quick. So um, I don't know. All you moonshine brewers out there, let us know. Is there some sort of like secret hillbilly secret effect that we don't know about? If someone wants to send us moonshine, uh, I probably <laughs> won't drink it, but I'm fine with that. But I will uh, put it in a beer bong. Maybe that'll be a bonus episode. We both drink moonshine and then present a case. I don't know if we even need to present the case. I think the listeners will tune in for that one. <laughs> I take the shot. The intro music plays. <laughs> Kit, I'm here today to talk to you. Oh! <laughs> oh! 
the episode ends. <laughs> Projectile vomiting, and then the credits music. <laughs> you just hear the the <laughs> unmistakable sound of a human cranium hitting the f-ing deck. <laughs> it's so quick. <laughs> Our story begins today when I'm pissing. I'm pissing. <laughs> it's over. Roll the credits. I mean, I'm glad that when I had that shot of 60% rum, night monkeys didn't start attacking my apartment window. (laughs) That's when you know it's time to go to bed. You don't want to be dancing in the club and having to lean into people and be like, do y'all see those monkeys? And they're like, yeah, yeah, I love this song too. No, do y'all see the monkey there? Plot twist, (laughs) you think you're in a club, but you're hallucinating the club. But you're actually in a monkey enclosure in the local zoo. <laughs> you're just you're drinking coconuts full of monkey piss, think, <laughs> thinking it's a delicious cocktail in a, in a nightclub. Chelsea, those monkeys! <laughs> just like, you're in an absolute monkey enclosure. <laughs> they open up the zoo the next morning and start letting in customers. Your ass naked, covered in glow sticks. <laughs> with a whistle in the gorilla enclosure <laughs> still still having a good time but you are quite conscious that half the people in the club are monkeys you're still partying you're still boozing but you just want to bring it up in case anyone else sees it that's such a that's such a good bit <laughs> yeah you're not you're not stopping the night yeah yeah yo i'm gonna go to the smoking area do you see you do see the monkeys though right this is f***ed. Rory, whilst we are reaching somewhat the end of our investigation, I didn't want to let the moment pass before mentioning that, you know, the police weren't the only people to turn up that night to investigate what was going on at the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter. High-ranking members of the US Air Force also showed up, specifically those involved in Project Blue Book. Here we go. They've insisted over and over again that there was no official investigation. But there are seven documents related to the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter in the files of Project Blue Book. Wow. I won't get into the details, uh, but it seems as if they did look into it. Disappointingly, uh, at at least Captain Robert Hurtle said that out of all the cases I investigated for the commander and out of all the incidents that happened around Campbell Air Base during my three and a half years there, this incident impressed me the least. Ooh, that's a bad review. These were the early days of Yelp as well, so there weren't many reviews going around. As researcher Amy points out, is he trying to throw us off the scent and really this was one of the most important UFO cases? Or was he truly saying it was a bust? It's hard, isn't it? From my experience with Project Blue Book, um, again, if you pardon the pun, it's quite an open blue book. Uh, They're pretty upfront with their findings. Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like if this is the 1950s, this is not long after the creation of the organization. Uh, Maybe at a point where they were pretty much contractually obliged to attend any claim of UFO activity. Yeah, we've kind of seen through previous investigations. They're not too choosy about what they rock up to see. I think we got excited quite early on when we were like, and then guess what? Guess who showed up? Project Blue Book. After investigating a lot of paranormal cases, 
It's almost weirder when they don't show up. Yeah, they show up to the <laughs> opening of an envelope, guys. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. If there's a new Jamba Juice or J.C. Penny opening up at the mall, they'll be there in some capacity, just making sure it all flashing the business card, just letting everyone know. So you know, I, I do appreciate their honesty, though, that they came, they checked it out, but maybe in this case, at least from their findings, they couldn't see much. Of course, whether this case turns out to be truly paranormal or not, uh, the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter, as it came to be known, has influenced pop culture for decades. It is one of the U.S.'s most famous UFO encounters. Steven Spielberg himself was inspired to make E.T. and Close Encounters of the Third Kind, specifically because of this incident. Wow. Um, Maybe more importantly, and culturally influential, Pokemon Sableye uh, is based on the creatures that I just showed you. Um, oh, he totally is, yeah. Because his uh, swaying movements were inspired by the aliens in our story. Have you seen a picture of him? He looks just like these creatures. Yeah. Yeah, that's, wow, that's really cool. And I know we've mentioned it with a previous case that I can't recall right now, but come on, this thing has to be related to the UFO hunting side quest in Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. A hundred percent. Let me remember right now, using my brain, what case that was. Uh, uh, because I feel that they took the design for the aliens in the game from the case you're trying to remember, but I feel that they took the farmhouse shootout until sunrise setting from this case. Yeah, to the point where I thought there was maybe some correlation between the two cases, like they'd happened in the same time frame or around right. the same area. Because I remember I hosted that last investigation and I remember there was... Uh, mention in some of the articles and news reports of this case. Right. But uh, even when reading about it, I was like, I don't want to hear about this one because this is its own kind mm-hmm. of paranormal encounter. Um, the episode I'm thinking of was the Flatwoods Monster. That's the one. We did a whole investigation uh, into that story. And I believe if you look at the design of the Flatwoods Monster, which I'll show you right here, that's straight out of, that's the one from Majora's Mask. Pixel for pixel. I think they took that creature and then used it in this alien encounter um, to do the whole barnyard night raid thing. But um, yeah, I swear there is some sort of correlation between these two cases. I don't remember exactly what it was. Maybe (laughs) the look of them or the shape of them or the area. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't remember where Flatwoods is to be fair so the flatwoods monster was in 1952 and project blue book were involved it's incredibly similar the time period so yeah i'm not surprised that there was some crossover between these two cases i just love it when these cases cross over into pop culture in a way that we all know and love yeah and now we're we can be a part of that steven spielberg himself will be tuning in any moment now Uh, Rory, as you well know from doing over 200 episodes of This Paranormal Life, at the end of every episode, we do have to come to a conclusion as to whether the case we've just discussed is actually paranormal or not. Looking at everything we've talked about, what do you think today? It's a hard one. This is really a hard one. Um, because, you know, little floating gray men aside, even at the beginning of the story, the family claimed that they did see a UFO, which they drew a full illustration of. That's right. Uh, I think, you know, let's not dance around it, folks. The, the the weak spot, the Achilles heel of this case is the lack of evidence. Even when the police showed up moments after the attack took place, there was no, I, I mean, I know there's no footprints because they can float, but no sign of scratches. Um, the strongest evidence I was able to provide was that one of the men who was there was excited 
Yeah, yeah, which isn't a real, it's not a real backbone to build a case on. What was the, I maybe breeze past this, what was the, something about the the gunshots, the bullet holes being different sizes, or one of them was square? What What the hell, what the kind of came about? out of left field, to be honest. Uh, I guess they were insinuating that um, the markings and damage to the walls and windows wasn't even really consistent with the guns they claimed to have been firing. Right. Oh, so that wasn't paranormal. That was almost like a plot hole. They were like, this, it was, yeah, this is always weird. plot hole in the evidence brought forward by the family. Right. So they were like, it looks like you guys had a family shootout in the in your home saloon. Uh, not that you were fighting off owls in the night or mm-hmm. spacemen in the night. Um, I love this story. I love the cultural impact it's had. Uh, I think personally, because of the lack of evidence brought forward in today's case, I'm going to have to go with a no. I'm doing it. Shoot, I think it's going to have to be a double no. Um, I mentioned it, I think, pretty early in the case. There is no evidence. Uh, <laughs> you are very upfront with that. I appreciate it. They claim that the aliens were clawing through the rooftop. Uh, and yet, when the police took a cursory glance at the roof, there was a thick layer of dust completely undisturbed. Mm. So... Um, that kind of says it all, ladies and gentlemen. If you disagree, send your thoughts and feelings through to this paranormal life podcast at gmail.com. That being said, loved looking into this case. Thank you so much to Amy Grisdale for researching it and to Kami Toman for editing it. Oh, but if you are sick of hearing a double nose week after week and you just want to hear um, some even more tantalizing and potentially true paranormal tales, head on over to patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life. This is the home of this paranormal life and where you can pick up over 45 full-length bonus episodes uh, that we've recorded over the last few years for just $5 a month. Crazy! It's a way that our listeners support the show and means that we can continue to keep making it for you guys, uh, as well as providing some additional content for you guys in return. So hold on a minute there, Kit. I hand over five bucks, a measly five dollars. In some countries, that's as much as a coffee. And you give me in return a year's worth of This Paranormal Life episodes? Did I stutter, Rory? Wow. Well, f**k my Okay. What a bargain. Oh, no. Sorry, I didn't... It was quite rude, but I have to get across that it's such a steal. That you're shocked. I'm blown away! That's right. We think it's an amazing deal for just $5. You can get almost 50 bonus episodes. I think that's a pretty good deal. It's a steal. Patreon.com. That's illegal, actually. This paranormal You're under life. arrest. It's in the link you, of this very podcast. You're stealing content from us for only $5. We should increase the rate. I don't. I, I know we don't. We shouldn't talk about this like live on because this is a little awkward to show them behind the curtain, but sure. we're giving right. it away. Business check. We're giving it away. Well, you know, five dollars—it's still still something. You know, some YouTubers have a house yeah. in the Hollywood Hills, <laughs> right? That's because they have millions of listeners. We don't quite have millions of listeners just yet. I have a bedroom. Yeah, I know. In the too. swamps of East London. Yeah, I'm, it's not a swamp. I'm attacked every night I go home. It's actually one of the the night coolest places to live in the world. I can't even afford Deliveroo Plus. I have to pay extra. For... The fact that you could afford Deliveroo is fine. I had to, I actually You paid, live a normal life. I paid like, six. Like, don't, don't 
don't like aggressively <laughs> undersell yourself when you actually have a pretty privileged life. Let it be known. I'm just saying, if we cranked up those ten bucks, we 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 change it to ten bucks a month, double our revenue. All of a sudden, me and freaking Lil Nas X are in the Hollywood Hills oh, cruising around in you know a that's convertible. Not how he made his money. He made drinking smoothies. Never mind. Okay. Patreon.com forward slash This Paranormal Life. Get it. Get in now because those prices are going up. So thank you so much for listening. We will, of course, be back on Tuesday with a brand new paranormal tale. And until then, remember to live fast, investigate, investigate and, and die, die young, baby. baby. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.